if you want your organization to succeed, and this is to me as well included, not not to, to the people or to the organizations or clients I work with, if we want our organizations to work for us, we need to look at the way we are learning together. And if we want our learning together to work for us, we need to think at the intentional level that we are operating. Welcome to the Learning by Working podcast. I'm Robin Pettit, the founder of Sprout Labs and the host of the podcast. In this podcast, I'm talking with Amid. Amin is an organizational designer concerned with how organizations transform via learning efforts. She's based in Berlin and works in Dubai as well, often with tech companies. We start talking about what does it mean to reimagine learning, and this sort of links back into things that are happening in the nature of work at the moment. This is multi-layered, not just about the fact that skills are changing. Many people are really rethinking their relationship to, to work and what they want from workplaces as well. We do talk a little bit about cultures in tech companies and the importance of diversity in all of its forms. Big takeaway from this conversation for me is that organizations as we as they are now are not always the most human places to work. I mean it finishes with a lovely quote and sentiment that really wraps up nicely a lot of what we talk about. I'll let you hear it when you come to it at the end of it. And then welcome to the Learning We're Working podcast. Thank you. Why do you think it's important to reimagine organizational learning now? So we can talk about reimagining organization learning from the perspective that Peter Senge talked about, uh, probably when he said the only competitive advantage is the ability of the organization to learn faster than the competition. We can also think about it as a return like of investment perspective or or from that side as we learned from the, the great work of resilient organizations that Erika Seville was talking about. But what I'd like us to think about today when we talk about reimagining organizational learning is that organizations are you and me. And and this this concept of the organization in the first place was created to help ourselves work together better. And slowly, I'm afraid, during the last century, it became, it became in a way, the Leviathan that's eating our well-being together, rather than helping us all to flourish and thrive and helping and our work, helping our planet also to thrive. So that's why I feel this is this is a crucial today. If we want to talk about reimagining organizations and reimagining the worlds of work, reimagining how new work would work for us better, then we need to talk about learning, because this is how we grow together as as a human as a human race. A lot there's a lot in there. It's almost like it. Learning's how we change, it has how we evolve. And the pandemic has driven this need to for so many people to have a different connection to work and to really reinforce the reasons why they work or the reasons why they don't want to work as well. So all of a sudden the connections to work and the people you work with change and be be resort. And it's really interesting how say the, the great resonation in, in, in the US is so driven by people who are sitting there going, actually, 
I don't want to be part of this group of people together. It's almost an organization's probably another way to think about them. Could have been tribes, groups of people who come together to achieve things. And in some ways, we, we, we lost that sense of group achievement to things by the systemization, efficiency of things. Do you think it's the, the reason why it's driven by that rethinking of work relationships? I think so. And and the, the point that you were mentioning just about now is, is very interesting. And it takes us back to how learning and organization started or the movements, let's say, in HR for creating learning and development departments. It was mostly at the beginning centered around the content for quite some time. And then it evolved with time that, hey, we need to focus more on the task mastery and Talking about learning management systems and performance management became another layer. And these days we can see lots of efforts from all over the globe, not only the U.S., to actually move to the more human side to things. And we are realizing together that the two previous waves were not enough. And they, they were not enough not only for, for our retention of people in the organizations or to give them the what they need, but also for the organization itself to thrive and succeed. In a stable environment, it was very easy to manage, to sit there and say, this is a body of knowledge that needs to be done. This is how we operate. This is what your performance levels needing to be. But now when we're, we're in a more unstable, fluid environment, it's more likely to seem to be a different way of thinking about personal growth at least uh, organizational growth i know you do lots of work with tech companies this is partly coming from that spot where i sit there and think of tech companies as these incredibly fluid responsive actually wouldn't i was about to say engines because they're still quite organized they're not disorganized the cultures are different around what we're talking about right so my background comes from a little bit of a techie background. So my my studies at the beginning had to do with AI and then with neuroscience and big data. And that, that naturally evolved. It's not something that I thought of. I want to work with tech companies per se. But then at, at some point, the, the talking about the future of organizations in the last 10 years involved by default that, hey, we are moving into an era where it's not anymore the tech department, it's it's the organizational transformation around the tech is becoming the business as is. And yes, somehow the tech companies might be the torch uh, holder for other organizations in terms of their agility, in terms of learning faster and adapting faster due to the culture of agile but i'm not gonna say that they the tech industry is not having also their the issues i would say that this is also giving us the, the chance or the opportunity to see what tech companies are struggling with today might be tomorrow's struggle uh, in other types of organizations. And, and this is another amazing thing to look at. So if, if we are looking today at the organizations that are leading the future as we perceive them due to the great innovations that they are bringing to the society and the startups that are bringing us all to the digital era, we need also to see what are the issues, the challenges, and the things that we are unable yet to unfold 
in, in terms of learning in those organizations. So I'm talking beyond agility. When when I when I, I think of reimagining learning, I I think of those issues that the very agile organizations are struggling with. So it's a <laughs> yet another wave or aspire to. Yep. What do you see as some of those things that those organizations are struggling with? Interesting. Let's think of the, the word culture and how it became like an interesting talent attraction point <laughs> in the last few years. And many, many great organizations would put on their websites in the recruitment pages. We have a kicker table. We have um, amazing lunches together and, and we are progressive in, in the way we do things. But still, we are talking about uh, learning uh, maps and or learning career paths, the, the same way we we talk about them in other organizations. We are still having issues that has to do with um, us just as a human race when we come together, errors in the, the, the in, in conversations around the challenges, the challenges, the systemic issues like diversity, like. Uh, uh, our impact on the planet and so on, they are not easy. They are difficult conversations. So when when I think of reimagining organizational learning, I think that this is the role us people who are in leadership positions in learning and development or uh, people who are working as learning designers or land, learning landscape designers have to think of. What do I mean by that? It's our role to facilitate these very difficult conversations around inequalities, around the, 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 the very sensitive topics, but find the ways that designing those spaces to be psychologically safe, inclusive, like having the people that we are working with comfortable around it's more of an anthropological perspective, probably. <laughs> we need to slowly think of that as a social system. Yeah, that's interesting. The culture bit was attracting by things like table chairs, tables, and, and lunches isn't always attractive to everyone. It's not always a culture that everyone wants. And in some ways, some of the cultures that have evolved around at, at a very personal level around around tech companies are quite toxic. The issue that they're quite often male-dominated. Right. Not welcoming older people either. It's young culture. It's a software developer over 50 is, 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 a, is a challenging thing. Yeah, definitely. Like you're, you're touching upon a very, very important point, which is there is no one size fits all to start with. And I'm not sure with which kind of, learning or training could uh, facilitate that we talk to the three uh, co-founders who are all three males about what's going on in terms of their female colleague who might be also from another minority um, and, and so on and so forth. But we, we really need to start getting comfortable around those uh, discussions. And, and the point here is not that we just want to challenge that's cool, but but rather we do care about the thrivability of those organizations. And because of that, we are talking about those issues. 
So if 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 the the great startup that you are working in or you are developing or you're co-founding with your colleagues has zero older than 50 years old voices, how are you how are you expecting it to be perceived by the public? If you're talking about and 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 this goes to many different dimensions. Also, the we're talking about biodiversity. We're talking about intellectual diversity. We're talking about uh, cultural diversity. We're talking about all types of diversity. Creative people, for example, are pushed to the sideways of organizations, especially the the most techy and and engineering oriented ones, which is they are the very people that we need in those organizations. Where are they? It's a really interesting one. Diversity had such a deep and different meaning. And I look at it in a very tangible way that quite often I see the companies get to about 500 people. They all of a sudden expand their HR function, function, put learning and development people in. And quite often they also go through an implosion because they they haven't had that sort of diversity and diverse opinions. They've been able to charge ahead very quickly hiring the same type of people to reflect what they are and they haven't been able to then actually make that move to the next stage just find it a really interesting thing that actually happens at a very tangible level because of that sort of more people the people the same rather than there's even one very rich venture capitalist in the u.s who's with his book he actually sits there and says oh no startup team don't hire diverse people everyone needs to be the same and I actually, I literally put the book down. I just went, I just can't cope with this. This is not my world or I, I want the world to be. Um, and it was a really interesting moment because he's quite a dominant. I think those kind of books are very inspiring in a way that how, how what, what do they inspire actually when I come across such kind of thinking is that it's challenging. It's not easy. And it it often happens to me when I work with small and medium organizations where the leader is like, I need to, there is a, I need to achieve results. I need to stay surviving in my business. I am a local business that there is no time for the luxury of including every voice. I am the one dictating what should happen there. My employees are not the ones that I, you're talking about, Aman. They just want tasks to do. So don't tell me to include every voice in the decision making. And and that tells me something. If I give it space, that tells me that there is fear of losing control. And and that's fine. You know, that's fine. We we have it when we are still unable to realize that actually the very first things that we are afraid of are the, the things that will in a year or two or five, destroy the business that I thought I'm saving by, you know, this is again, we're talking policy making here. <laughs> and, and this is how humanity evolved into a democratic uh, systems. And we need to bring this a little bit to the organizational level. Hmm. That's a really interesting scenario as well, those, those types of discussions. What can an L&D person help to do in those types of situations? Hmm. I would like to think of it as maybe it's not only the L&D who are responsible for this, maybe every other voice as well. And sometimes we, we, we had this a great colleague of mine calls them the invisible leaders. 
So many, many people who are in organizations, in positions or roles that they think, I am, who am I to speak about this and that, right? And she realized that those voices in, in, in many ways are the ones actually that could bring a lot of change. And, and that, that's, that's what we, we, we need to think of, right? That's why we are talking about including every voice. Bring the youngest in the organization to the table when you are designing your next initiative, when you are deciding about budgets, they have great ideas. I mean, even our generation, when I, when I sit with mentees who are in their early twenties, I learn a lot from them. They think in ways that in no way are, uh, familiar to us. And, this is what I think of when I think about learning and development, not only the L&D people uh, specifically. But here is another, another element to, to throw to the table. I learned throughout the years to measure the success of my work with the, with the amount of, there are so many different ways to measure the success of learning initiatives or learning projects and programs. But one way that have always brought me joy is to, to see how people change, how the level of uh, comfortability around being vulnerable, being courageous with each other that the people acquire along their journey. And what did that courage brought to the table. So it's not what I am bringing to the table, but rather having the voice of a courageous uh, young employee who is challenging the way the management has been done, for example, or the way the learning programs has been done so far, and seeing how vulnerable the leader in the room is accepting and receiving those it's just an, like an aha moment for me it's like yes if i achieved that level of vulnerability and being comfortable with yes we are not doing like we are trying our best but things will improve with time but we will improve only when we do them together and when we think together and when we evolve together and that not necessarily the leader knowing everything that's a very beautiful moment that tells me this effort is working. So maybe this is what, what learning and development leaders could look at. So that's a sense of bringing people together for different types of conversations, uh, enabling them to have different sort of human, human connected, connected conversations. And yeah, and there's interesting tools around that. that I mean, even I, I went into a one-on-one -on -one with a team member this morning, he was very quiet in our morning catch up, and I just asked her what her, how she would rate a day, and she rated it pretty low, and then ends up she was actually tackling some really hardcore tech problems <laughs> <laughs> by herself, and she had been actually doing it for the last couple of days without talking. <laughs> it was like actually you need to you, you need to reach out to to, to 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 other people to help with those it's actually you're not really really part of the stuff you, you need to be doing there, there, there's other people but it's really interesting because essentially so even that tool of getting her to rate it was a way of getting her to ask her how she was traveling by in a non-direct way um so it was actually opened a conversation in a different in a different manner it's interesting isn't it the way the way we see success happen with different things Right, and sometimes it's the, it's not the, the tangible of of measurable 
things yeah we, that we you would see at the end of the fiscal year our people became more courageous but you will see it you will definitely see it as leader in, in the in the level of innovation that you have in the team how fast you adapt to to the challenges that faces the organization as a as a whole and then bringing people to think with you you don't have to have sleepless nights keeping you up <laughs> on your own but have also your team uh, with you and that's that's bringing the, the organization to work for us again so what would be your greatest piece of advice about reimagining organizational learning at the moment that's a good question uh robin i would say if you want your organization to succeed and this is to me as well included not not to to the people or to the organizations or clients i work with if we want our organizations to work for us we need to look at the way we are learning together and if we want our learning together to work for us we need to think our, at, at the intentional level that we are operating that would be the bottom line i would say <laughs> Thank you Robin for for today's nice conversation and I hope that you and your audience also would uh, enjoy it and to connect with uh, like-minded people and have a great day. Thank you very much. That was a lovely way of wrapping, wrapping up the conversation. Thank you for listening to the Learning While Working podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a review. If you want to find out more about Sprout Labs, go to sproutlabs.com.au. We regularly run webinars and publish ebooks and guides about learning while working.